I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, everybody. We're a music podcast. We love to talk about songwriting. Clay and I have been songwriters for a collective probably 50 years, and uh, we just love to talk about it and we love to teach. So that's why we're here. But first, we're going to play you a song from one of our members, Per Plug. Uh, this song is called When December Comes Around. Just looking out the window Staring at the lines and cars driving by out on the road On my way to the next big show Up ahead is another traffic jam Now the bus is stopped and the highway is blocked for a mile or two I close my eyes and I dream of you These hard in between times They really mess about in my mind Flying high has a downside A little lonesome out on the road If only I could pull you close Right now it's what I want the most Take a break from the touring dust and smoke When December comes around I'm headed home When December comes around I'm headed home I see the break of dawn and I honk the horn as I pull up And I get out of the truck up there on the front porch I see you with your smile and your hair so fine in that pretty little dress But for now, that's as good as it gets These hard in between times, they really mess about in my mind Flying high has a downside A little lonesome out on the road If only I could pull you close Right now it's what I want the most Take a break from the touring dust and smoke When December comes around I'm headed home When December comes around I'm headed home December comes around. Um, Clay and I get a lot of questions in, through Songtown, and one of those questions uh, often is, how can I better connect with my audience? I play my songs for people, and they look at me like I've got three heads. They don't understand what I'm saying. So Clay and I got together, 
and we had a conversation about that. Uh, and I hope we'll give you some uh, helpful pointers and tips to help your songs connect better with your audience, whether that's an audience of you know thousands at a big concert or if you just are playing your songs for family and friends. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We have a special treat. Uh, Clay is live here in the studio with us. And we're going to be having a discussion about how to help people connect better with your music. Because one of the things we hear people say all the time is like, um, you know, people just don't get my music. And um, Clay and I joke that we would be rich if we had a quarter for every time someone had told us that, you know. And it's not, you know, the mistake in that kind of statement is that it's not other people's job to get your music. It's your job to write music that they get. And so that that's kind of the approach we take uh, in Songtown. We, you know, the, if if people are not getting your music, you need to write better songs, you know, or any any other problem you're having with your music. If you write better songs, it's going to help that improve. Um, and Clay and I, Clay, you can talk a little bit about this, but we kind of come from a different perspective in that we're we're not teaching stuff based on theory or um, just. Uh, what we've heard about songwriting, we, we're basing it on f- 50 years of combined experience succeeding as songwriters. So, Clay, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I started out like a lot of people in music, and I went to college and had a couple years of music school. And I think, you know, the big awakening for me was that when I got into the real music business or was trying to get into the music business, I had to unlearn a lot of the stuff that I had learned with, you know, a couple of years of formal schooling on music. And so I think when you and I started Songtown, we wanted to make sure that we dropped all the stuff that people don't need and focus on what you really need to write great songs and to become a success as as a songwriter or as an artist. And, you know, it's really just kind of teaching where the rubber meets the road and just kind of letting everything else go by the the wayside. Yeah, and I think a lot of of, um, things that you might read or classes you might take on songwriting, uh, I know this was true in the beginning for me. I, I would take those classes and I would write a song based on all those things. And I'll go, well, my rhyme scheme's correct. I've got, you know, this meter thing going on that they talked about. I've got all these technical things going on, but still nobody seems to care about my song. And, you know, you, you can, if you don't take the more practical approach, you can really, you can check off all the boxes and still not have a song that people are going to relate to. So, that's going to be kind of what we're digging into today. And I, I've got one that I'm going to start with. Um, you know, I think if you want people to connect with and get your songs, you have to write songs that lots of people care about. Um, I heard a song a while back about barbecue, and and it was very well done, but it used terms that I don't even know. You know, people that are in that the barbecue circuit where they compete – would understand all these terms, but it was such a narrow niche of people that would relate to this song that it's not going to be something that lots of people would connect to. And I had to ask the writer some questions to even understand what they were talking about in this song. And, you know, that's why songs about broader themes like love and life 
tend to be bigger songs because everyone cares about those things. You know, er everyone cares about enjoying life. Everyone cares about loving and being loved and those kind of things. Right. So if your song was, take the barbecue example, rather than it being about the finer points and details of barbecue, if you had made that song about how, you know, one of my favorite memories was our backyard barbecues where the neighbors came together and your loved ones and it was more about life and friends and then if that's the focus of your song then more people can relate even if they've never been to a barbecue maybe they've they love getting together for sunday dinner with their you know family so it's learning how to take a subject and writing it in a way that's going to matter to anyone yeah you could use barbecue as a vehicle to get to that deeper a universal thing and and you know i think a lot of people stop with the the one thing you know they they write a song about their old blue truck and it's just hard to relate to it you know and and as opposed to the song i drive your truck which takes an old truck and relates it to a really deep emotional topic that that moves people i think that a big reason for that is when you start studying songwriting and i put that in in quotes um you hear things like okay let's do word association so well this is about a blue truck i gotta you know write down everything i know about a truck and then what you end up with in your song is just this cheesy thing that just references truck throughout the song and and the focus is not on that deeper meaning of what that truck stands for. Yeah, I, th I think, too, another thing, a lot of times we can fall into the trap of we're writing our song for other songwriters, not for general people. You know, and if if I'm trying to impress Clay with my song and going, oh, this is a cool line, this is a cool metaphor, you know, he, he may acknowledge those things as a writer. He, he may go, oh, well, that's a cool line. But the song may not move him in any way, you know, and when I play it for someone else who's not a writer, which is the end user for anybody, if we you know whether you just play at coffee shops and sing your own songs or you are pitching your songs to big artists, you've got to connect with people that are sitting out there and they're not going to be sitting there going, oh, wow, that's a really cool rhyme. I love that song, you know, or... Uh, oh, what a clever wordplay. I want to go buy that, you know, because that's just not what they're into. They want to feel something. Yeah, and I think that when you were talking about clever wordplay, I know you and I always talk about how real trumps um, wordplay or cleverness and being real, learning to be real, I think is the single most important thing. And here's why. Someone told me early in my career, if you write the truth, people may not agree with what you're saying, but it's going to affect them because it's truth. And if you're writing things that not necessarily aren't true, um, you know, untrue statements, then people can easily dismiss them. But if you're writing something that's real, that's true, then it's going to affect somebody you know they're not going to be able to be unaffected when they hear it if you if you've written it decently so i always try to start with the truth and i don't mean it has to be a true story um, that actually happened in the real world i mean you can write a make-believe story 
but it has to have that believability um, factor to it. Absolutely. Some of some of our Songtown members have heard me tell this story, but I, I wrote a song many years ago called She Stopped Living the Day He Died about my grandmother. And uh, I played it for my publisher, and he said, that's the saddest crap I've ever heard. And it didn't move him in any way. I had played it for my family, and they cri- they all cried because they knew the people involved. And he challenged me to find a universe, the universal truth, which is what you're talking about in that idea. And and what I came up with was sometimes when we lose someone, it feels like we died. And so I turned that into a song that became my first hit with Rascal Flatts called "While You Loved Me," because I I found that more universal idea. Uh, it was the same idea behind each song. But in the first instance, I told it in a way that was too specific to me. And in the second instance, I told it in a way that more people could relate to. So I I think one of the huge things that we recommend all the time is that people um, find that universal truth in your title. You know, if you start with a title, what's the universal truth behind that title? You know, what do you want people to feel when they hear this song? And then you have to start crafting it in such a way that you feel those things as you're writing it as well. Yeah, and that, that's the tricky part is putting yourself in the shoes of the audience because many people will cry when they write a song because they've gone through something, but they'll play it for an audience and the audience hasn't gone through that particular situation and it doesn't make them cry. Um, I think one thing that helps, Joni Mitchell said in an interview one time that when you're going through something, an emotional upheaval in your life, that's usually not the time to write about it. Because if, say, you go through a breakup and you write about it, well, you're going to write a whiny song. But what it lacks is perspective. So if you wait a year or a few months and you look back and you go, you know what, that the breakup was horrible, but now I'm a better person for going through that. Then all of a sudden you have perspective to your idea and you're not just, you know, a whiny song saying I'm miserable because you left me. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's so important. You know, and the other thing, we, we had someone commenting to us today about, um, you know, feeling like the the world is in such a fragile a difficult messed up place that writing anything positive felt disingenuous and you know I, th- I think you can write about how you wish the world was as instead of writing about how bad the things are you know you you can promote love and inclusiveness and, the, and those kind of things or you can talk about hatred and and the, the things that are that are wrong and you know, so there's always multiple perspectives you can take on any topic. Um, I wrote a number one love song one time with two people who were divorcing each other, and I was going through a divorce. So love was the last thing we were feeling, but we wrote about what we wished we had. You know, I, what, I, lo- I love that. Um, going through a divorce myself, I remember writing several songs that ended up being positive love type songs that became hits but i wasn't going through that but i felt very emotional when i wrote them because it was me wishing that i had that situation in my life and that's 
everyone can feel that people you know even and i think people want to feel hope you know even sad songs the great songs of all time they have an element of hope in them they're not just you know i'm so miserable i could die you know they're they usually if they're go on to stand the test of time there's always a seed of hope that um you know people need that yeah i mean as we record this i'm going through you know losing a couple of people in my family on the same day in an accident and i'm going to write my way out of that uh, situation by writing about what we had with when we were together and um my hope of seeing them again someday and and those kinds of things as opposed to just wallowing in the misery and the pain and and that kind of thing and you know i might write some angry or painful songs but you know the ones that are going to connect with people are going to be the ones that you know give a little more hope a little more positive spin on that kind of stuff i think another aspect that people tend to um overlook just a little bit is how important it is to communicate clearly and i think so much of what clay and i teach and when we mentor we're having to ask people like, what are you trying to say right here? You know, and, and they'll have some line. It sounds cool, but it, we don't understand it. And if you really want people to connect with your music, you know, you need, it needs to speak to them pretty clearly. in in some ways these days, especially, you know, people will often bring up examples to us from the sixties the and go, well, this song didn't make any sense. And people loved it. And we'll go, yeah, but that you're not hearing songs like that on the radio today and well, people they not... did they did make sense because people were taking psychedelics and so right psychedelic made... lyrics made perfect sense exactly if you were on pcp <laughs> then it made perfect sense yeah but you know the it, it's super important to make sure you're communicating clearly i always tell people let communication be job one and then make that interesting and creative, you know, but but don't sacrifice communication for a rhyme or for uh, something clever, you know, that that's other songwriters might pat you on the back for, you know, make sure that you're really communicating clearly. And that starts with knowing what you want to say. You know, there there's times when uh, Clay and I give feedback on people's songs, we, I can pick out the spot at which they found the title because the song will wander all around and then this thing will come in and all of a sudden everything makes sense after that. And it, it's obvious that they didn't know what they were shooting at when they started. You know, so I think it's really important to know that universal emotion that you're after and, you know, what you want people to feel and, you know, what you're trying to say in the song. Yeah, I think that a lot of times as songwriters, you know, when I hear someone say, yeah, but Coldplay wrote a song called Yellow. Besides that, that song's been out for many, many years now. Um, they were a band that could write a song and sing it to their audience. And th they could basically write anything. You know, they just had to have an audience that would listen. As a songwriter, we've got to first convince an artist to record that song and and make them feel like they can communicate those words to their audience. So I think sometimes if you're not writing with the artist, you're just held to a higher standard. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it goes the same. You know, we have a lot of members who are not trying to pitch their songs. They're just trying to write songs that they can perform. Mm-hmm. And and even in that scenario, if you if you play at a coffee shop or a songwriter show, you can't probably get away with playing a song like Yellow because they're not your fan who are going to accept anything from you and think it's cool. You're having to win them over with your music if they haven't heard it before. And the way to win people over with your music is to make them feel something. You know, if if they get the feeling that that man or woman on the stage knows what they've been through, they become a fan. You know, but if it's just kind of vague uh, stuff that they don't quite understand, they're going to take that opportunity to go to the bathroom or go get another beer or something like that, you know? And so you have to think of it in in what you're trying to do with your music. If it's to pitch to artists, like Clay was saying, the artists can write anything they want and put it on their record. We have to write things that are better than that to get on, on the record. And it, you know, goes the same if you're just performing, you, you know, you need to write things that people really care about and that uh, people are going to be moved by or feel something. Yeah. And I also think today, there is more content available and more content is being blasted out to the world. So you, your job becomes harder to cut through all of that. So if your message is watered down and convoluted, you're not going to cut through the chaos as clearly as someone else that, that puts out a message that just grabs a listener by the throat and says, listen to me, you know, feel something. And mm-hmm. so I, I think the times we're living in today, for the same reason as they go, well, don't have a, you know, 60 second guitar solo as your intro to your song. People just aren't going to listen through that. So you've got to be clear. You've got to get to the message pretty quickly today. You know, verses are shorter than they used to be. Uh, and that's all okay. I mean, that, that's just a part of the times. And, you know, we have to operate within the framework of the, the eras we live in. Exactly. You know, and one thing I recommend to people is that they play their song for somebody and give them permission to tell you the truth and just say, what, am, what do you think I'm trying to say in this song? And see how close they can get to what you know what you your mission was when you wrote the song. One one of the most painful songwriter things I've ever seen was I was at a show and there was a woman. She said, "This is a song about a recent breakup. I don't know if I'll be able to make it through it." And she's up on stage weeping as she tries to sing this song, and no one knows what it's about. I mean, the whole audience is just looking at her like. Huh? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, we just don't know. We can't connect to you because the communication's not clear. And it, and it was like, you know, one person crying alone in the desert. And and I just, I so wish that she could have connected with the audience to the point that we could cry with her instead of looking at her in, a, in kind of a confused state, you know? So, um, you don't want that to happen. You you want to play your songs and, and people to really go, oh, wow, that, that person's been through that. Or they had someone close to them go through that and they know how I feel. Yes. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and also there's a, another thing. If you're writing about something deeply personal, you know, I had a one time I backed up an artist, played guitar at their showcase, and they were trying to get a record deal. 
And one of the songs was about a very hard subject, something that happened to her. And she put it so much out there in front of everybody that the audience kind of cringed. They felt uncomfortable when they heard this tough subject matter. So the other side of it is sometimes you, you've got to write things clearly, but you've got to write them in a way that allows the audience to be pulled in slowly. And, and so it, it's a definite balance, you know. You, there's some subjects you can't just hit them over the head with clarity, and then there's other subjects you've got to be absolutely clear. Yeah, I heard a song not long ago where the, I mean, where the writer just said, you know, mama's dying of cancer and she doesn't know who I am. And it was, it was just, it was all very raw and real, but it was just so much to take in, you know, almost kind of like a, it hit you in the face of like, wow, I don't even know how to respond to this, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, a great example of that is that old, was song of the year many years ago. Um, I believe it was called Where Have You Been? And it was about, you know, someone who doesn't recognize you, um, you know, and they're there. I think they were in an old person's home, um, but it was done in a way that just pulled your heartstrings, you know, and it's like they, they could have been over the top, like in your example, but the way it was written was beautiful. And it just really made you sad that this person you've known your whole life, you know, couldn't couldn't remember you. And then they have that moment where they do and they're like, where have you been? I've been looking for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it, it's all about how you get um, your clarity across. Absolutely. You know, and we we have to. It, it's kind of like, you know, medicine goes down with a, a spoonful yeah. of sugar better than with vinegar or something like that. And and we have to think about the vehicle that we're using to get the message across. And if, if it's something that people can, you know, a good example right now would be politics. If you wanted to write something about politics, you've got to be careful that you're going to write it in such a way that people will listen to it and not just want to argue with it, yeah. you know? Um, and, and I had a song, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to go now. And to me that, when we got had that idea, it was a, it's a deeper thought, but we put it in a lighthearted story so that it, it's easy to hear, you know, as opposed to, wow, this song feels like we're talking about dying. Well, we are talking about dying, but we did it in a way that was a little more lighthearted and easier for people to, to listen to. Yes. So that's a great point. Well, if, uh, we hope you've learned a few things today. Clay and I are always open to questions. Marty at songtown.com. Clay at songtown.com. Um, Clay's got a new book coming out called Mastering Melody Writing. We'll be um, doing a feature episode on that before long. Uh, but we've got how many hours of video do we have on the website now, Clay? Oh, gosh. There's over a thousand videos. So it, I've never counted the hours, but you could get lost in there. You could watch every day for a year. I think we've probably had three people in the history of Songtown that watched every video we've ever done. We should have a badge for that. Yes. Yeah, we, we got lots. We got self-guided courses. We got forums where you can get feedback on songs from pros and from peers. Um, and we got a great community of people that are 
doing things like writing number ones in, on the Texas chart and in Australia and uh, having songs chart in America as well. So I guess Texas is kind of in America. Yes, it's, it's a country within a country. That's right. And, you know, also we've had um, members get major artist cuts. Um, Tim McGraw, you know, Tim McGraw cut. I mean, there's just crazy stuff going on. Absolutely. A lot of great people. So we'd love for you to check out songtown.com and, and join us there. But thanks for stopping by the podcast, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers, y'all. Before we kick you out of here, we got one more song for you. It's called, and I love this title, it's called Glass Half Full Kind of Fool. And it was written by Jason Michael Ray, Damon Iddens, and Jane Sachs. Raining cats and dogs But somewhere a farmer's thanking God Or a couple slow dancing in it In some parking lot Somewhere somebody just got ditched But blue seas, yeah, they were made to fish So go catch a new senorita And a good time doing it That silver lining All we gotta do is find it There's a whole lot of good to be passed around up and then smoke it down If the whiskey I'm sipping Happens to go missing I'll pour more Hell yeah, that's what I'll do Cause I'm a glass half full Kind of fool I may be half out of my mind But the other half sure is doing fine If life hands me shit I'll grab a shovel and it's digging time for that silver lining All we gotta do is find it Cause there's a whole lot of good to be passed around Roll it up and then smoke it down If the whiskey I'm sipping happens to go missing I'll pour more, hell yeah, that's what I'll do Cause I'm a glass half full kind of fool
Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it and value every single minute you spend with us on the podcast. We hope you'll check out songtown.com and uh, other information in the show notes. And follow us, subscribe, rate us if you like it, and also reach out and let us know if there's other topics you'd like us to cover. Marty at songtown.com is my email, and Clay's is clay at songtown.com. So we're easy to track down. Take care and have a great week.